This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. All right. Uh, If you got a Bible, uh, take out your Bible, and uh, we're going to go to uh, Psalms 91 today. But let's pray and invite the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit would come and just invade our lives right now. That the Holy Spirit would come and flood our homes, flood our minds, flood our spirits. Holy Spirit, we need you. We call upon you. We ask in the name of Jesus for your wisdom and your help in this time and moment. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right, question for you. Have you ever had a I'm done day? Just a day where you're like, I'm just done, I'm sick of everything, and I'm just about to snap. I'm just about to go crazy. Um, I know for me that I had one of those days on Friday. Friday was a I'm done day, okay? On Friday, I was done Uh, Having my kids home 24-7, I'm sure that many of you understand that feeling right now and and get that feeling. Uh, Friday, I was done with COVID-19. I was done with COVID-19 updates. Um, I was done with people attacking, a media attacking our president. And, and listen, I, I'm not here to get on a political bandwagon, but I am here to tell you and to encourage you, pray for our president. Pray for our vice president. Pray for our leaders. Make sure that they are full of grace and full of wisdom from heaven, especially in this season and time right now. But, you know, Friday was just done. I was just done not seeing people. I was done. Yesterday was Michael's birthday. He turned 15. We were super excited about that. But I was done with the thought that we couldn't take Michael out for his birthday. I was done with the idea that, you know, I I don't know when the next date night's going to be with my wife. I was done with the idea that I can't take Luke to the park because they've, you know, they've tied off all the park and you can't get into the park. You can't play in the park and the swings. I was just done with the idea of like trying to find toilet paper and thermometers and things like that on a daily basis. I was done with people that I love getting laid off of their jobs right now. I'm done just being strong and encouraging for everybody else. Friday was one of those days where I was like, you know what? I'm just done. My brain hurts. I'm tired of trying to figure out when this is all going to end. What's the next step? What's going to happen? It's just done. And I'm sure that over the last few weeks that you've had one of these moments or a couple of these moments where you're like, I'm done. I remember it was just like Friday night. It got to like 830 and I'm like, Jess, get the melatonin feed the kids melatonin, get them into bed. I'm just done. I need this day to be done. We all have these moments. And you know, to be honest with you, I think about like, I think about Noah. And I think about Noah and his family 
in an ark and they're in the ark for 40 days and then they're there for 40 nights and you know there's no windows there's no internet there's no netflix there's just rain and a boat that's rocking back and forth kids are getting bored i'm sure noah's like hey go play with the tigers again you know uh it's probably they're probably the original tiger king i don't know if you've seen that show on netflix yet but that's a pretty incredible show but what do we do in these moments when we're just done? We're just kind of spent with what's happening around us. And the other day, I, I remembered something from my childhood, and I'm sure many of you remember this from your childhood, that whenever there was an emergency, we were kind of drilled into our heads, you call 911. I'll never forget, I was 19, and um, I actually had my buddy's car, and I uh, was going somewhere, and I had to cross these four lanes of traffic, and so I looked to my left, and then I looked to my right, and I never took the time to look back to my left, and there was a hill, and so I looked to my right, and I started to go across these four lanes of traffic, and out of the corner of my eye, I could see this car coming down, barreling down, and this car smashed into my car and I actually kind of flew out of the window and my head went through the window. A lot of you have asked me, you can see sometimes the scar is a little more evident on the side of my face than other times and my head got, you know, all cut up. And I'll never forget the first feeling that I had was, where's my phone? I need to call 911. And so I grabbed my phone and I called 911 and I'm telling them what's happening and I remember the first thing that the 911 dispatch responder said to me was help is on the way you're gonna be okay and now I know that all of them have to do this that this is exactly what they're told to do but I know for me in that very moment that was a moment that brought a lot of peace and a lot of like, okay, yeah, like everything is okay. Help is on the way. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get past this moment that I'm in, this craziness that I'm in right now. So over the last couple of weeks, I know for me, I have not been able to get past Psalms 91. And the other day, um, I saw this devotional that I bought a couple months ago. And the Holy Spirit just kind of said, hey, grab that book. And just let me encourage you, when the Holy Spirit speaks, he'll talk to you about anything. I mean, last night I left the church. Um, there's a dry cleaning place right by the church. And the Holy Spirit was like, go to the dry cleaner before you go to Kroger. I was going to Kroger to pick up a birthday cake for Michael. And, and I was like, well, I'll remember afterwards. And I went to Kroger. And then this morning I realized I didn't get my dry cleaning. But that's what the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will do. The Holy Spirit will speak to us and, and, and kind of direct us. And so the Holy Spirit said, grab that devotional book. And so I grabbed the devotional book. I was up here at the church, and I opened up that devotional book. In day one, page one, that devotional book, the topic was 911. And so I kind of asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what is going on? And the Lord said, yeah, 911. One, I said, Lord, what are you talking about right now? And the Lord said, son, 
911. And I'm like, yeah, God, I get it. I understand 911. You're trying to get this across to me. But why are you trying to get this across to me? He said, listen, son, it is Psalms 91 1. 9 1 1. When we're in trouble and we have an emergency, what do we do? We call 911. And so God is calling us and calling and directing us, saying, listen, come to me. Come to Psalms 91.1. So let's look at that verse today. I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Version for this portion. It says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy can withstand said he who dwells so what does this word dwell mean okay and so I had to put some thought to it okay and I thought okay where and what do we dwell in in this life and I thought you know what we dwell in our homes we spend time in our homes we talk in our homes, we have fun in our homes, we make memories in our home, we have intimate moments in our homes. So what do we do? We dwell in our homes, okay? So in Psalms 91.1, God is saying two things to us. He's giving us a promise and he's also giving us an invitation to do what? to come be with him. So we're going to look at two things today. I only have two points today, but I believe these two points are really going to kind of grab our souls and bring us into a good place where we're not, I'm not done, God, but into a place where we're full of hope, faith, and encouragement. So point number one, we're going to talk about the invitation, okay? Point number one is this. God is saying this, come close to God. Come dwell with God. Come dwell with me. Come be with me. God is inviting us to come close and be with him. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, it says this. So then, since we have such a great high priest who has entered into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly... To what we believe. Verse 15. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. He has faced all the same testing we do, yet he did not sin. Verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace. There we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So today I want to talk about really verse 14. And most of the time we talk about verse 16. And I love verse 16 where it says, let's come boldly to his throne of grace and mercy to find help when we need it the most. I love that invitation, but there is something key that we need to understand in verse 14. It says this, that Jesus, our high priest, okay, we have to figure out why does it say Jesus, our high priest? 
Well, it's a reference to many things in the Bible, but it's a reference to exactly what we're talking about in Psalms 91.1, but it's also a reference to the tabernacle in the Old Testament. And we have to understand this, okay? The tabernacle in the Old Testament is something that was built to house the presence of God. It was a place where God's intimate presence dwelled, okay? This is the place where you had the holies of holies. You had these three areas. You had the outer courts, you had the inner courts, and then you had this place called the holies of holies where the Ark of the Covenant was, and this is where the intimate presence of God dwelled, okay? Now, something we need to understand about the tabernacle is this, is that only the high priest was allowed to go into the holies of holies, okay? So you have the outer courts, you had the inner courts, and then there, there was this veil that separated the inner courts into the holies of holies where God's presence was. So what do we have? We have this barrier between God and his people in the Old Testament, okay? Because only the high priest was allowed to come into this place that was the holies of holies, the intimate place with God. Now, today, we experience this, and, and I'm going to help you understand how we experience this. A lot of times, we experience this when we come to church and we have worship. And there's many times where people go, I don't understand why I started crying. I don't understand why I just felt this overwhelmed of love and grace. I don't really understand what's happening. What's happening is this, is that corporately we are entering into this place called the holies of holies. We are entering into this place where God's intimate presence is. But in the Old Testament, we have this barrier between God and his people. And it wasn't that God didn't want to be with his people. It was that he couldn't be with his people because people had what? Sin. And this sin was a barrier between God and his people. So we have a problem. We have two problems, okay? We have man has sin that is a barrier between God Okay, and we have the tabernacle, we have this curtain that's separating us from the holies of holies, okay? So how, how do we solve this problem? Well, we see Jesus solved this problem in Matthew chapter 27, okay? Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 through 51, it says this, then Jesus shouted again and he released the spirit. So what's happening right now? Jesus is on the cross. He is paying for our sin. He's paying for the sin of mankind. Every sin, every mistake, every failure that you and I have ever committed in our lives and ever will commit into our lives, he is carrying it in his body as he is being crucified on the cross, okay? And so this is the very moment at the very end of it all. It says, Jesus shouted again, and he released his spirit, meaning he passed away. In verse 51, at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn into Two, from top to bottom, the earth shook, the rocks split apart. So what's happening in this moment? What is Jesus accomplishing in this moment? Well, Jesus is on the cross. And as Jesus is on the cross, 
He has all of your sin. He has all of your mistakes, every failure, every lie, every selfish moment, every moment that you've ever had a lustful moment, every sin, every failure, every mistake. Jesus is on the cross and he is carrying that in his body, okay? Jesus is also on the cross and Jesus is the lamb of God. Okay? And we have to understand in the Old Testament, they had to make sacrifices. They had to take a pure, blameless, sinless lamb, and they had to make a sacrifice of that lamb. Jesus is on the cross, and he is our lamb. He is the lamb of God that would be sacrificed. A payment had to be made for our sin. And so Jesus is shedding his blood to make a payment for you and I and for the entire world. Jesus is on the cross. He's carrying your weaknesses in him at that moment. Every temptation you and I would ever face, he's carrying it inside of him. And the Bible says this, yet he never sins. Isaiah chapter 53 Verse four through six really gives us a real picture of what's happening when Jesus is on the cross. Verse four says this, yet he, Jesus, was the one who carried our sickness. So we have to understand that when Jesus was being whipped, he was being whipped for our sickness. All of our sickness, all of our disease, all of infirmity, this COVID-19, he was taking it into his body. It says, yet Jesus was the one who carried our sickness and endured the torment of our suffering. We viewed him as one who was being punished for something he himself had done as one who had been struck down by God who was bringing him low. But verse five says this, but it was because of our rebellion. You gotta get that. It's because of our sin. It's because of our rebellious ways, verse five says, our rebellious deeds that he was pierced, meaning that he was crucified and put to the cross. And because of our sin, he, Jesus, was crushed. He, Jesus, endured the punishment that made us complete and whole. And in his wounding, we find healing. Verse six like a wayward sheep, we've all wandered astray. Each of us have turned from God's path and chosen our own way. Even so, God our Father, Yahweh, laid the guilt of everyone upon him. So Jesus is on the cross. He's taking your weakness, your failure, your sickness, your sin, your, your guilt, your shame. He's taking it all into him on the cross. And as he's on the cross, when he's, when he's finally finished and he releases his spirit, the Bible says this, that the curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus is putting an end to this barrier that we have between God and man, 
okay? The curtain was this barrier. The curtain was this place that separated us from the moment for us to be able to go into the holies of holies, into God's presence, into his intimate place with God. Jesus is making it possible for us to dwell with God. So when Psalms 91 says this, he who dwells, meaning what? What does the word dwell mean? Well, we need to understand what this word dwells mean. It means a few things. First, it means this, spend time. He who spends time with God. He who pursues God. Not just on Sunday morning. I, I, I love Sunday morning and I love having church on Sunday morning. But the Lord never intended for you to have a Sunday to Sunday relationship with him. He intends for us to dwell, meaning spend time. Jesus made time. Jesus made time for God the Father. Luke chapter 5 verse 16 says this. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus, our example, the one we're following after, he made time. And I just think it's so interesting right now that God has provided us time. And we have moments right now to learn how to create these patterns that we need in our lives, not for just this season, because this is just a season. Seasons come and seasons go. COVID-19 is a season and COVID-19 will go. I promise you that. But the Lord wants us to learn how to develop a pattern in our life of spending time with God. How do we dwell? We spend time with God. How else do we dwell? Just like we dwell in our home. We talk in our home, so we need to talk to God. We need to communicate with God. And I know that for some of us that have been seasoned in the church and we've been around for a long time, this is just a normal, natural thing. But for many of you, you don't know exactly how to talk to God. And I totally understand that because there was a moment in time I didn't know how to talk to God. So... I'm going to give you seven things, seven things that you can do to talk to God. Number one is this. You can start just by praising God, being thankful to the Lord. Lord, I'm so thankful for my home. I'm thankful for this food that we have to eat. I'm thankful for your protection. I'm thankful for your grace, God. I'm thankful for our car. I'm thankful, Lord, for the money we have. I'm thankful for my job. You can come into his courts. The Bible says, come to God with praise and thanksgiving. Number one is praise. Number two is this, then you just share your heart. Just like if you were at home with your family or maybe with a friend and you're just sharing what's happening in your heart. I, I want to encourage you. Just let what's happening, if, if, if you're scared, tell the Lord you're scared. If you don't understand everything, tell the Lord you don't understand everything. Share your heart with the Lord. Share to the Lord your concerns. Share your heart. Number three is this. Repent. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you some areas in your life that you need to get things right. You just go, God, I'm so sorry I treated my wife that way. I'm so sorry I handled that situation wrong. I'm so sorry, God, for my attitude. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me. I repent of my sin. Lord, I, I pray you'd help me to understand if I have sin in my life, Lord, show it to me. We repent. 
Number four is this, we, we forgive people. We take a moment and we just, we forgive, we let go. We let go of petty things, we let go of huge, harmful, hurtful things that have happened to us, we forgive. Next, we ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to me right now? God, what do you want? What do you want from me right now? What, what are you asking of my life? The next one is we share our requests with God. We share to the Lord, Lord, hey, this is some things that I need right now. These are some of the, the challenges that I'm dealing with right now. And then the last one is this. We pray for people. We lift up people. And I've, I've been spending a lot of time right here just praying for, for you and praying for your family and your children and, and, and covering the families of Elevate Church. How do we dwell with God? We spend time with him. We talk to him. What else do we do? We make memories. You know, when we spend time with God, we make memories. There are times in my life that I can remember. I'll never forget when Jess was seven months pregnant and we had no job and we had no understanding where our next paycheck was coming from and we we're about to have a baby and, and I'm spending time with God at one o'clock in the morning in our small little apartment that we had and I can hear the guy above me. He's like lifting weights, but I have the lights down. I have this tree with some Christmas lights on it and I'm playing some worship music and I have the this moment where the Lord came and he said, listen, that boy of yours, that son that's coming into the earth, your job is just to steward his life. My job is to make sure you have everything that he'll ever need. God wants to make moments with you. He wants moments that we can remember him speaking to us. What else do we do, do to dwell with God? Well, we have fun with God. Just have fun with him. Psalms chapter 37 verse 4 says this, Take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. Just have fun with the Lord. Enjoy the Lord. Let the Lord enjoy you. What else do we do? We have intimate moments in our home. So we need to dwell and have intimate moments with God. Listen, God loves when you're real. God loves when you don't come to him and try to manipulate him or you know, have a fakeness about you. But when you're real and you're honest and you are just calling out upon the Lord, your attitude to the Lord is, Lord, I am desperate for you. I'm desperate to hear you. I'm desperate for your wisdom. I'm desperate to understand what you're saying to me. This is what Psalms 91 is asking and inviting us. If you'll dwell with Jesus. Because when we dwell with Jesus, when I look Jesus face to face, when I have moments that I'm looking face to face with Jesus, all of a sudden what happens? My face changes. When I have moments that I'm looking at Jesus and I'm not looking at the circumstances. And I understand that the circumstances are real I understand that the circumstances feel uh, tough and they have pressure and, and you feel the intensity of the circumstances. But when I'm looking at Jesus and I'm not looking at the circumstances, all of a sudden I'm not 
discouraged, I'm actually encouraged because I'm looking at Jesus and I'm dwelling with Jesus and I'm with Jesus in that intimate place with Jesus and he has the ability to encourage me and to change my whole perspective of everything that's happening right now. When I push into Jesus, he pushes into me. When I push into Jesus, all of a sudden I remember what Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says where it says this, Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say this, people do not live by bread alone, but they live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So when I push into Jesus, when I'm dwelling with Jesus, when I'm in his presence, all of a sudden I realize and understand what? I don't live by the world system. I live by God's system. I live by the word of God and I live by the promises of God and him alone. So the first point was this, that God is inviting us to be with him. He desires for us to be with him. He desires for us to be close to him. But then the second point is this. It's God's promises. Go ahead and play that worship music for me. Point number two is God's promises. Psalms 91, one through three, it says this. Those who live in the shelter of the most high, Remember just what the word said. Those who dwell. Now I got to tell you something. It's your choice. God invites you. He's loving. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. And he invites you. But it says those, those who what? Choose to dwell. Choose to spend time with God. Choose to pursue God as a shelter of the Most High. It says this, they'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty, meaning that God is the one who's standing next to you. One of my favorite images that the Lord gives me is this picture of me and I'm just I'm just small I'm just a child and I'm holding his hand and he's standing next to me and I'm just holding him and because he's so much bigger than me his shadow just rests over me but I know that in his shadow that I'm okay it's his promise Verse two, it says this, I declare about the Lord that he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in him. Here's the best part of the promise. Verse three, he will rescue you from every trap. Meaning what? That the enemy, he sets traps. He wants to trap you in depression. He wants to trap you in fear and anxiety. 
He wants to trap you financially. He wants to trap you in your marriage. He wants to trap you in your emotions. He wants to trap you in depression. He wants to trap you in anger. He wants to set traps that will harm you. But the Lord says this, that he will rescue you from those traps. Goes on to say this, and protect you from every deadly disease. Verse 9. If you make the Lord your refuge. Again, this is God going, hey, listen, I'm inviting you. I invite you to come into my presence. It says, if, if you choose to make the Lord your refuge, if you choose to dwell with the Lord, if you make the most high your shelter, meaning that he's the one that you're calling out. He's the one that you're sharing your heart with. He's the one that you're sharing your fears and, and, and all your thoughts and all the craziness of this life right now. He's the one that you're running to. He says, if you make this your refuge, verse 10, it says this, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Who would have ever thought that we've been taught that we would be talking about a plague? We read these things in the Bible and we think, man, that's a that's a old testament, that's a very long time ago type thing, and all of a sudden we find ourselves in a day and a time where we have a plague against our land. But I got a promise that if I'll dwell with God, He'll rescue me. I got a promise that that plague won't touch my home. Just like we saw in the Old Testament where Israel, they, they take the lamb and, and, and they slaughter the, the lamb and they eat the lamb and then they take the blood of the lamb and they put it upon their house and that plague just went right over their home. Jesus is telling Israel, just like he's telling us, get Jesus into you and above you. Come dwell with me. Come spend time with me. No evil will conquer you. No plague will touch your home. Verse 14, it says this. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. Verse 15, when they call on me, I will answer. What a wonderful promise that God is hearing us. That when we call upon the name of the Lord, that he's listening to us. He hears us. And then his promise is this, I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue. And I will honor them. See, God says, listen, I want to partner with you. I want a partnership. You come dwell with me. You do your part. Come spend time with me. I'll give you joy. I'll give you peace. I'll fill you with life. I'll take your fear. I'll take your anxiety. I'll take your worry. I'll take it all. He says, you just come dwell with me. That's your part. And then God goes, I'll partner with you and I'll make sure that I do my part. 
I'll make sure that I protect you. I'll make sure that no deadly disease touches you. I'll make sure no plague touches your home. I'll make sure you're the head and not the tail. I'll take care of you. Just come spend time with me. Come share your heart. Come be with me. You do your part. God goes, I'll do my part. And I promise you, you'll have less stress, less worry, less fear, less anxiety. All you got to do is call 911. Just call Psalms 911. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. You know, I said at the beginning of service that we would start service and end service the same way. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says this. If my people who are called by my names humble themselves. It just fits hand in hand with Psalms 91. If my people will humble themselves. If my people will come and dwell with me. If my people will pray, if my people will seek me, if my people will seek me, turn their face away from wickedness. God promises, he says, listen, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive your sins, and I'll restore your land. Father, we thank you. Father, we humble ourselves to you. We come to dwell with you. Father, forgive us for not dwelling with you. Father, forgive us for treating you common. Forgive us for just being Sunday to Sunday people. Father, we humble ourselves. We come to you. We pray. We ask that you'd forgive us of all of our wickedness, the idols that we've ran after, idols of sports, idols of power, idols of wealth, idols of sexual things. God, we, we give you our wickedness. We turn to you. We thank you that Psalms tells us that you hear us, that when we call upon you, that you are listening. And so, Father, we ask that you would hear us as a nation, you would hear us as a world. We ask, God, that you would come to 
Jesus says you did at Passover. We plead the blood of Jesus upon our land. We plead the blood of Jesus upon Ohio. We plead the blood of Jesus upon America. We plead the blood of Jesus upon the world. We ask that this plague would be removed from our land, that you would forgive us, Father. That you would come and heal and restore our land, restore our people. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. I want to encourage you if you're at home today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He is right there. He loves you. He's for you. He died on the cross just like I was talking about today for you. And you can make him Lord of your life right now. And so I encourage you. We're going to pray a prayer and I encourage you to pray this prayer. Confess it with your mouth. Put your hope in Jesus Christ. He is the only hope. There's no other hope in this life. And Jesus. So come on, let's pray this prayer. Father, we come to you and we call on the name of Jesus. Father, we ask for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We believe that he went to the cross with our sin and our guilt and our shame. And we release our sin to you by declaring that you are our Lord. Jesus, we ask that you would come into our hearts. We ask that you fill us with your love. We ask that you would draw close to us. Lord, forgive our sins. Make us new. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I want to encourage you, if, uh, if you prayed that prayer today, please let us know online. Let us know on Instagram. Let us know on YouTube. Let us know on Facebook. Let us know so we can be praying with you. Let us know so that we can make a connection with you. Uh, I want to also let you know if, if, uh, if you've recently started pretty much attending our church through online, number one, we're so excited. Number two, we're going to be open again, um, and we'd love to see you. Um, you can go to our website, elevate.city, get more information about us. And, uh, but please let us know. Let us know that you're connecting with our church. Let us know so we can connect with you. Uh, we'd love to send you some information some encouragement, know that we love you, we're praying for your family, and uh, we're believing that this is a season of just tremendous growth in the earth. Um, you know, we saw last weekend just the 10 a.m. service through all of our different platforms. We saw that we were reaching over a thousand different people just at 10 a.m. when just a month and a half ago, we were reaching about 100 people online at that time. So we are so excited about what Jesus is doing in the earth. 
And uh, we're excited about you. Uh, we love you. Stay connected with us uh, all week. Uh, know we're praying for you and that we have a lot of different ways to connect with you. We love you. We love you. We love you. We'll see you next weekend, 10 a.m. online. Have a great blessed week. We love you. Love you. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.